We're proud to be sponsored by MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Schools can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, win time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. With its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash B-E to learn more and receive $500 off the first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash B. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. Loved and trusted by more than 1 million teachers, IXL enhances your teaching and takes work off your plate so you can make an even bigger impact on your students. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights, strengthen daily instruction, close knowledge gaps quickly, and set every student up for success. Want to bring IXL to your school? Learn more at IXL.com slash B. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Welcome to the Rebel Educator Podcast, where we work to amplify the voices and ideas of changemakers in education. We talk with students, educators, and thought leaders who are questioning the status quo and resisting tradition in education. So welcome Rebel Educators to this episode of the Rebel Educator Podcast. Welcome Rebel Educators. I'm here today with Seth Ehrlich. Hailing from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Seth learned early the value and opportunity that exists within a strong community. For more than 20 years, he has been involved with community engagement and building. Projects include multiple collaborative efforts and his professional work with SOS Outreach over the past 15 years. He currently serves as executive director for the organization and is dedicated to connecting talent to opportunities for kids and adults associated with the program and growing the organization's impact across current and potential sites. He moved to the mountains 20 years ago and found a home there. He and his partner have two kids, and being out on skis with them has been a magical part of life. Welcome, Seth. Thank you. Thanks for having me today. And Rebel Educators, for those of you who don't know this, one of my early jobs was working for SOS back when it was called Snowboard Outreach Society before it was SOS Outreach. And I was one of the organization's early employees. It has a very special place in my heart, and I love watching how it's grown and changed and developed. And so I'm super excited to chat with Seth about the organization, about its impact on lives of its participants, how it connects and correlates with education, and just the things that are happening. But let's start with your story, Seth. How did you become involved in community engagement? How did this become a passion? I want to say I was born into it. I mean, it really was. I grew up in a pretty unique community. It was a small neighborhood within inner city Pittsburgh. and really was a time and a space where I knew everybody on the street and had up to 50 parents at some points in time of people who were just watching over you and you played on the street. I mean, it was just a really strong intertwine. And we did the 
barbecues and everything else. I mean, so it was a great space to grow up in. And from those years of community, it's always kept coming back to me of the lesson that it's more powerful to be engaged with individuals to do something greater than what any of us could accomplish on our own. And so there's been volunteer opportunities in college and graduate school, and then started a program here in Colorado when I landed to get individuals from hotels to volunteer into the community and then jumped into SOS and have grown with it. But again, I mean, it really started from this feeling and the sense of what happens when people are connected and believe in something and share a belief together that really advances them forward. And so now you're working on that in multiple locations. Like back when I was there, we were just in Colorado. We were a fairly small organization. We were still serving hundreds of students from the area, but this has grown into, and I'll let you, because I'm not even sure how many locations around the country you have now, and as well as moving beyond snowboarding into summer sports also. So how is it being an organization that thrives on connection and community, but in so many ways, you're disconnected from so many of the places and people that you serve. Oh, yeah. So we're uh, SOS Outreach. We are a youth mentoring organization that integrates the power of the outdoors to build strong relationships between adults and kids. And then we have a curriculum that runs from fourth grade through high school graduation that incorporates service to the community, leadership development, and character development. And so it really is this comprehensive effort, more akin to a school in in the progressive nature with each previous year building on the next. And throughout all of it is using the power of the outdoors to build those strong relationships. Um, We are currently in 15 locations from Seattle to Detroit for our areas of operation and engaging over 3,000 kids across that full curriculum on an annual basis. This is the greatest privilege. And so as you shared my introduction, I've been with the organization a number of years and I continue to be as passionate about it as I was the first day because of that shared activity, the shared experience. You know, everybody a part of the organization loves being in the outdoors. It's part of who they are and they are able to connect as a community around that shared passion which then accelerates the relationship forward, whether that's adults with kids or among adults. I mean, we have this organic base that grows in each of our communities because we're so volunteer and mentor driven around this shared activity. And then we're providing on a national scale, the curriculum, the evaluations, all of the resources to make the impact happen. But again, I travel around all these communities and it's just amazing. I mean, it, it really is because of how organic it is and because of the ownership that each person has in advancing the impacts of the organization, we've been successful in maintaining that really strong community feel, even though there's 2,200 miles between our furthest of field sites. Want to know one of my biggest frustrations with ed tech? Tools that assume every student learns the same way at the same pace. I need my technology to do more for me. That's why it's so important for me to know that IXL provides true personalized learning across the entire pre-K-12 curriculum, and that it's proven benefit to all student populations, including English learners and students in special education programs. IXL is research proven to accelerate achievement. Studies across 45 states show that IXL schools outperform non-IXL schools on state assessments and independent research from Johns Hopkins University verifies IXL meets ESSA Tier 1 standards. 
With those results, combined with IXL's teacher-friendly reputation, what more could you ask for? I'm sure you want to increase achievement for all students. Find out how IXL can help. Visit IXL.com B for a demo. That's IXL.com B-E. Yeah, I-, I love how the power of sport and the power of a shared love of, in this case, the outdoors can really bring people together. And you're oftentimes bringing in students and participants who wouldn't have the opportunity. They're not coming to you because they love the outdoors. You're using the outdoors as a conduit to work through some of the other curriculum and and character traits. And I'd love to talk a little bit more about that and dig into how the curriculum is used. And if that's just yours through the organization, or if this is being used in school districts as well, and something that you share with others. I know when I started, like it was, we took kids out for one day on a learn to ride. And we realized that that wasn't really enough to make an impact or to share the love of the outdoors or the sport or to help build character traits. And so that moved into a five-day learn to ride program that then collaborated with different character traits on each day, whether it was leadership or bravery or courage or community or, and I forget what they all were, but there were five different traits that correlated with five different learn to ride days as we're like learning to overcome frustration and work together. And now like you've built that into a full fourth to 12. So tell me more about that curriculum. And is that something that your participants go through? Are you sharing with others? And what does that look like? Yeah. And I just love the experience that you've had because that's how we got to where we are. Had this great program, great experiences, and then the kids said, "What's next?" And we were, well, I thought we were good here, and we <laughs> we continued to innovate into the introductory program that is the character based program. Then going into a mentor program, fifth through ninth grade, uh, that engages service and leadership. Then going into a junior mentor program, tenth through twelfth grade, and then going into a career program where we're connecting kids to career opportunities where they can put the skills that they've developed through the organization really into practice. But the curriculum for us is specific to SOS. We have developed this within the organization, and it's all been built off of the character traits, courage, discipline, integrity, wisdom, compassion, and humility, and a grounding in social and emotional learning. So really looking at what are the skills that kids need to be successful today? And that's communication, that's relationships, that's positive attitudes towards the future. I mean, really, how are we then supporting them in those skills so that they can ensure that the talents they have come out. You know, one of the core beliefs within the organization that we work against, and this is to the structure of the curriculum, is that talent is equally distributed and opportunity to activate that talent is not. And how can we really support the kids who have incredible talent, but who do not have the opportunity to apply that talent to really hone it and then apply it through connections and into the outside world? And that's where you uh, touched on this, where such the power of the outdoors is. And so, yes, I mean, Detroit and Minneapolis, they're not ski and snowboard meccas in the sense. And a lot of our kids who come from those communities have not heard of these activities, don't even know about it. If you're in Vail, you know that the mountain is right there. You see it every day. You pass it on your way to school and you know that it is a thing, but you are not a part of that. And so at its most fundamental, you know, even before we get into the curriculum, what's the greatest power of the organization is being able to engage kids in something that they 
either have been told implicitly or explicitly is not for them, or they didn't even know existed and they didn't even think it was for them. And to bring them in as a part of it so that we can help to open up the doors for them to say, wherever you want to go, you have a chance to do it. Look at what you can do that you didn't think you could do. Look at what you could do that someone told you that you didn't belong or you don't have the right gear or whatever it is. Let's demonstrate to you that you can. And then the other part of your comment was around school engagement. So all of our work is through partnerships with schools or agencies. So after school programs or traditional school programs, um, we partner with over 100 youth agencies and schools across our 15 communities. So we're not recruiting those 3,000 kids individually. We recruit them through the partnership with schools and agencies because they're the ones seeing the kids 100 to 150, 180 days a year. And we have the unique opportunity within SOS to strengthen the community, to provide skills and to provide capacities that then can go into the classroom on a daily basis and really accelerate that community of impact that happens in the classroom. And it really is, in essence, a full circle. The kids come through together. They can talk about that experience. They can share that experience. They can bond over that experience. They can build their community, which then supports them through the challenges that they face when SOS is not happening, when they're not in the program with us. You talked about so many things there, and I love the <laughs> going back to you know bringing out the talents of youth and this inherent belief that we all have talents, but we don't all have equal opportunity to explore those talents or to share those talents or to even learn what those talents are and creating a space and an opportunity for students to learn about those talents and to maybe be a part of something, like you said, they didn't even know they could be a part of or do things that they didn't know they could do. And how that, you know, once you do one thing that you didn't know that you could do, suddenly it makes you start to believe that you can do other things that you didn't know that you could do. You mentioned gear and students not having the gear to even go out and like, we don't show video of this. So nobody else is going to see that you're literally <laughs> sitting in the gear room. But it's one thing that I clearly remember and a story that I remember from when I was there is that we had groups that came up from Denver at the time. It was, I think it was our first year working with Denver. And there was a student that came up and, you know, he's a teenager. He had just gotten a job, but he was riding his bike like three or four miles to work and back every day, which was great. And he was doing it and he had the grit to do it. But Denver can be cold in the winter and his hands were getting cold. And so he asked if he could take a pair of gloves so that his hands could be warm while he rode his bike from school to work every day and back home. And me being young and inexperienced at the time, I was like, I'm not sure if I can give you a pair of gloves. Let me ask. And so I'm running around and finding our director and like asking like, hey, can I can I give this kid a pair of gloves to borrow? And he's like, of course you can give him gloves. Like he's doing this to better his life and he's learning these skills that are here. Yes, give him gloves. And mm -hmm. so just that idea of making sure that you have the right gear so that we're comfortable doing something new that we've never done and curious kind of how that crosses over into classroom life or other life and how creating those opportunities and that understanding also allows that crossover and transfer into other parts of life. Uh, it's, you know, from gloves all the way through the kids who we engage at SOS. I mean, I am humbled by daily because of how incredible they are. And because of what their capacities are and what's really challenging is that, you know, if they've never had experience interviewing for scholarship or for internship or for a position, or if they've 
never worked on goals for the future. You know, they've never really thought about goal setting and no one's really taken the time to work with them as to where they'd like to be. They then are judged based on that lack of experience. It's not a lack of talent, but too often that's the most painful thing that I hear. And the most painful thing that I work through within the organization is when I'll hear from the scholarship committee weren't plugged in. And I'm like, that kid's incredible. You just had an expectation that their experience wasn't going to enable them to walk through. And so this is a big component of SOS is it's one, having a community of adults and kids who are there for you through awesomeness and challenge and really able to support you through those experiences, but, but, you know, really become your sounding board. And then it goes into what are those hard skills and specific experiences that many kids are not picking up from school or at home any longer um, that help you to present the talents that you have and really connect those talents to opportunities that you have for your future. And so in connecting to the education platform, um, you know, I mean, it all comes in we see and we hear consistently of kids who get off the lift. I I was just in our programs, Wilmot. So outside of, we have kids from Kenosha and Chicago who go, it's Wilmot's a ski area in Wisconsin, small ski area. So when you come from Vail, it's like a postage stamp on the front side of Vail. And it's awesome. I mean, it is literally an incredible resort and kids who were on the carpet, you know, like for them doing the lift was like the biggest challenge they didn't think they could do it. They didn't think they were going to be able to go up on that lift. Well, for anybody who snowboards, it is the biggest challenge. <laughs> oh, it's big. It's it's really big. <laughs> and then by the time they get to day three, they do it. And it was wild riding the bus. I, I was fortunate. I was able to be there for day four of this program. And on day four, I mean, these kids talked about how that translated into recognizing that they can do hard things that test or that project that they didn't think they can do, it translates back to into the classroom. So there's a really direct connection to that grit that you shared about the participant who you were connected to around gloves. I mean, that grit is a powerful lesson to learn. And it's a powerful experience to, to know that you can believe in yourself to create change. And it is what we do at SOS. I mean, by the time kids are in year four or five of the organization, they're identifying a need in the community and how do you address that need? And for us, the need doesn't matter. Like we've had litter in the community park. We've had dogs off leash. We've had trafficking awareness. So human trafficking awareness, but it's whatever the kids see as an issue within their community. And imagine how powerful that is. If you're the kid who always is told that you need services to now say, no, I belong in this community as much as anything else. And I'm going to step forward to help in this area. And that is the biggest gift that we can give to kids. That's what we do in our middle school as well, as our students are able to create their own projects by seventh and eighth grade and looking for some challenge or, that they see in the world and how they can create a solution um, and then looking for authentic audience for it. And like I firmly believe that all students need to be doing that. But hearing you talk, I'm hearing how exponentially powerful that is for students who are coming from different backgrounds. Like I run a private school. So like my students are coming from a different 
socioeconomic and urban background than most of the participants that you're working with. So I can see how much more powerful that can be. We've had kids present to school boards. We've had kids present to county commissioners, town commissioners and council members about their idea. And just to see them step into that space that reinforces that their voice, their perspective, they matter. And they belong in this community as much as anyone else. And then they go into being able to give back through our program. So when they're 10th through 12th grade, they've been junior mentors who are helping to co-facilitate the curriculum that we're delivering and really supporting the kids who are coming back. I mean, all of those things add up to a really powerful experience in building and supporting the development of the whole child. And that's what is a really powerful connection to education. And it's not just about prepping for the test. It really is about supporting kids to reach their full potential. And it's in a unique partnership that that happens. Yeah, it's about love. Yeah. It's about building community and loving those around us. And, you know, you've talked a lot about the circles and how things circle around and working with your organization in the first five days learning to ride and then circling back with the curriculum with the organizations that you're partners with. And then now bringing in projects and, you know, making that circle larger with community experts or, you know, organizations within the community that they're presenting to or working with. And a big part, and correct me if I'm wrong, but a big part of SOS has been that circle of love that is not only present in the curriculum and in building community and creating circles metaphorically around participants and community, but also a real, <laughs> a very real circle that you do in your events called the Circle of Love. Can you talk a little bit about that? I feel like love is something that we don't like to bring in and nobody wants to talk about. But when you're dealing with students and you're dealing with children and you're helping to raise people and being a part of their life, like love is something that's very real. And like they know if you're invested and you have that care for them and when you don't. So can you, can you talk a little bit about the circle of love? Yes. This is who we are as an organization. It's not going away because it is, it's, it's such a fundamental component. So before and after every program day, we start them with a, a circle of love. And this is physically everybody, adults, kids in the program, stand in a circle and face each other. And at the beginning of the day, they're sharing their personal definition of the character trait for the day. So courage, discipline, integrity. And then at the end of the day, they're recognizing another person for demonstrating that character trait through the day, the core value. And it is a really powerful space because not only does it support social and emotional skills of communication, public speaking, and otherwise, it also is really supporting kids in developing their community. The adults are at the same footing as the kids. Everybody's looking at each other. Everybody has an equal footing within the circle of love. And everybody knows that they matter and that they belong as a part of this group. And if you're not comfortable speaking, you are still a part of this group. You are still feeling that support. And knowing that people, all eyes are on each other. Knowing that there are people who see you and appreciate you for who you are. And too often in too many environments, I mean, it's not that collaborative basis. I mean, in a lot of education, it's teacher up front. Kids are all looking at teacher and you feel isolated, even if you're in a group, you know, if you're in a room of 20 to 30 other students, because you're on your own sitting at the back of the class, looking up just at the teacher who may or may not be looking at you. In the circle of love, you know that you're a part of this group. 
And what a great idea just for collaborative classrooms and collaborative spaces in general, <laughs> just yeah. the way you use that analogy and how we all thrive when we are seen and when we're heard and when we feel like we belong. And so how do we build those relationships on and off the snow or the dirt or the water or wherever you are, but also within our buildings and within our families and within our classrooms? And it's wild what happens as a result of that space. I mean, countless kids from when you've been involved to now share before the first circle. I can't public speak. I won't public speak. I'm deathly afraid of public speaking. If I go up there, I'm going to pass out. And by day three, four, five, they are so comfortable and feel a part of this and feel as if they belong, that they have no hesitation, not only speaking at the beginning, but also then recognizing someone else, whether it's a participant, you know, one of their peers or an adult who demonstrates the core value. I mean, they're really stepping forward with that. And, and it goes a lot to just, as you say, fostering that sense of belonging. If you know you belong, it's unbelievable what happens, the dominoes that fall from that. And just from a, a core skill set, you have someone who said, I can't talk in front of a group of people who now can not only talk in front of a group of people, but when they go to that interview, like you were talking about before, like they can share who they are because they've had that experience doing that in so many circles and community spaces. Yeah. Which is another circle because it comes back around. <laughs> it's another circle. Yes. And so we we keep following these circles because it's been so powerful. You know, the curriculum progression that we have worked on was a natural development of how do we keep engaging kids as they progress through their lives and are responsive to them through this powerful classroom that we're bringing forward, through the classroom of the outdoors to build this connection. How are we leveraging it as much as possible to support the kids who are with our programs through the challenges that they're experiencing? I'm going to shift our focus just a little bit because I love to hear from guests stories that they remember from their elementary school years, being that I, I founded an elementary school and I'm always curious like what our students are going to remember. I'd love to hear what others remember from their elementary school days. There's a lot of just you know, the one-off stories of antics or whatever that pop up. And what just really hits me as I carry elementary school forward, we had an incredible principal. His name was Dr. Barber. And I just remember how he made me feel. And I don't know about other students, but I do know he was out at the door every day when you walked in. And he was saying hi to as many people as possible. He was there all the way through six years, you know, my K to five. And then I was part of the first uh, language class that they had. And he actually came to our high school graduation. So we started this language class in second grade. And it was a first time they brought in a magnet program to the school and Pittsburgh Public Schools. And he came all the way to our high school graduation because of how excited he was to be a part of our lives. What I carry from elementary school more so than anything else is just that sense of connection and really deep support that someone like that shared. He was who saw you every day and he said that you mattered. And I needed that and I cherished having that. 
And that's what you do now is see kids every day and let them know they matter. Yeah. <laughs> it is what I do now. It's interesting. People often ask of how they can get involved or what they can do or and then I tell them about mentoring or otherwise to the organization and they say that's too much of a commitment. And I say the only thing then the most important thing you can do is just answer the phone or answer a question when somebody asks you about your position or otherwise. See people for where they are and particularly seeing kids who are going through some experiences and really demonstrating to them that they matter because that's power. That's such power for them to know that they can go into this direction. The hardest thing that happens is when kids make that call. It's really big for them. They get shut down one or two times and they don't then follow through on something that is a significant passion of theirs or interest, whether it's educationally or professionally. And they just say, oh, that didn't work out. It wasn't for me. You know, that person demonstrated to me that it was a bad idea. And we all can change that. I remember being shut down many times as a teenager and young adult and <laughs> some of the things that adults said to me and just remembering that if I would have stopped or wouldn't have gone on to the next one, what that would mean or what that would look like. But I'm, I'm curious about these elementary school antics. Like, were you that kid in class that was always goofing around and creating oh, yeah. jokes with others and <laughs> oh yeah uh, there was uh so one time we were walking down steps and third grade teacher so this is really interesting i had an internship after college and i actually had to work with her professionally which was very <laughs> frau bozik uh she turned around and she said you all sound like a herd of cattle and i mood and that didn't go over well i spent a lot of time facing the chalkboard this is may also be why i was as connected to Dr. Barber as I am. I couldn't quite control <laughs> the energy that I had uh, in high school, middle, elementary school. So yes, there's a lot of stories like that. And maybe also why you found such a connection to the outdoors in a space where you can run around and let off energy. And that's a part of what you do and what you teach. Yeah, it absolutely is. I love being in the classroom and I have always had a desire for learning. And I uh, certainly connect more when I'm moving. So I didn't quite work well in a traditional classroom environment. Yeah. No, we all do. We need to move to learn. It's how our brain connects information is with when we're connecting it through something else. And when we're just slightly out of dissonance with what is conventional learning, that's when we do our best learning, when we're moving or when we're in a different environment or when we're in a different place or learning from a different person. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, so there was a lot of behavioral challenges of mine. I did well, but <laughs> behavioral challenges. And it sounds like you're an amazing principal who believed in everything that you could do. Amazing principal. How can people get in touch with you? SOSoutreach.org for the organization. I am Seth, S-E-T-H, at SOSoutreach.org. And I absolutely just cherish these conversations. And so anybody who is working through any of these areas or just wants to dive into them further, I cherish them. Awesome. Thank you so much, Seth. This was a really fun conversation. Thanks for being a guest. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you everyone for listening to the Rebel Educator podcast. I'd invite you to check out rebeleducator.com where you can see all of our upcoming workshops, webinars, and professional development opportunities upacademysf.com where you can see our current progressive elementary school in action and if you've enjoyed this episode we'd love for you to leave a review and rate our show so that others can find it and love us too 
Keep resisting tradition, rebel educators. There are a lot of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design and integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com B to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com B-E. Do you want to save time on prep work? Increase achievement for all student populations? Reliably meet tier one standards? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com B to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com B-E.